Christ simultaneously is God, is person, is spirit. So in a way, the body of Christ embodies queerness in the sense that they are multiple beings all at once. I don't know, traditional theological level, you know, Christ was one who was an advocate for the marginalized body and for the oppressed, for the strange, welcoming the other. To me, that, that has always been the central tenet of Christ and the thing that I've always loved about Christ. The body politics of Christ was really radical and oriented towards otherness. So in that way, I think it's very easy to consider Christ queer. You're listening to the Theopoetics Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Burnett, and my conversation today is with KJ Dalla. KJ is a dance artist, choreographer, and dance educator who's interested in what makes us human and what makes us most alive. They are interested in cultivating curiosity, efficiency of movement, technical ability, and passion for the field of dance. KJ holds an MFA in Creative Practice and Design from St. Mary's College and is a student of the body, their own body, the other's body, the corporeal body, and the queer body. In this episode, KJ and I discuss the body as a location for disrupting Christian hegemony through the practice of dance. We talk about the role that unruliness has played in liberating KJ's own experience of their body, a queer phenomenology of the body of Christ, and the role that sacramentalism and embodiment have played in their own expressive choreography. For more information about our sponsors, ARC, visit artsreligionculture.org. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Theopoetics Podcast. I have an amazing person with me today. KJ Dalla is uh, on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to you all getting to know a bit of their work. And uh, I'll, I'll let them explain uh, more of, of where they come from. Uh, so KJ, thanks for being with us today. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Happy nope. to be here. No problem, no problem. So um, before we jump in, I'd love for our audience to just get a feel for who you are and what you're up to in the world, where you come from, what's formed you uh, in your own process as you present yourself today. Sure, wonderful. Um, well, uh, let's see, I'm a queer and uh, non-binary identified dance artist living in the Bay Area. Um, I'm, wow, I'm 38 years old now, so I feel like it's a really complex uh, <laughs> question to even begin to address, like, who you are, who I am. But, um, yeah, I come from a ELCA Lutheran background. I'm a, I, I was a pastor's kid, um, and, um, a dancer my whole life. I started dancing when I was five years old, um, and I was someone who was very much shaped by the Christian tradition and the Christian communities that I was a part of throughout my um, many decades of being alive. Um, I would say dancing and the church um, were two of the like largest streams of um, influence 
I would say, in my life, and I have a complicated relationship with both of them. Um, I, I'm a parent. I have two children. Um, yeah. I think as I've engaged some of your work, it's been interesting to see the intersections of how you um, hold together the medium of art, especially through this, this dance, um, with your Christian heritage. And there's, uh, there seemed to me to be a thread of sacramentalism that sort of runs through what you do. And so I'm curious, as you just mentioned, that you, you even have a sort of complicated relationship with dance and with Christianity. Um, how maybe art as a, a mode of expression or a medium for you has been a way for you to wrestle or to, to um, engage uh, that complexity? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I would say, first of all, that um, dance has always been a place of maybe I would say agency in my life. Mm. Like growing up, dancing was the one way that I was able to have control over my body. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was something that fueled me and gave me passion for life. Um, and so it was, so even when I was experiencing life as um, confusing or difficult or painful, dancing was the place that I went to to find comfort, to like put all of my, oh, you know, my rage or my sadness, um, all of my passions was able to get fueled or I, I found some release by like working through my body in a practice of, of dancing. Um, and, um, yeah, so I would say that like early on, I would say simply dance was just the place for me to um, express myself. To me, Christianity and dancing are both um, at its crux or at its core relating to the body. And so um, I would say both of these um, systems, um, to me are interrelated through my relationship to the body. And so um, even as I was saying earlier, how in my early years of dance formation and life, um, dance was the solace place for me. Um, so even though that was true, um, I also, it is also true that I had um, a dominating relationship to my body in my dancing practice as I was forming. And that was very similar to the um, domination of the body that I experienced within the Christian tradition. Um, in fact, I think as, you know, through the years and as my relationship with Christianity and dancing have changed, they've sort of moved together. Um, and wow. so... Whereas in my early years, I, stu I, was, I studied classical ballet um, in a very like, rigorous environment. Um, yeah. And the emphasis was really, was really about um, you know, dominating the body and getting 
like total control over the body and making your body submit to, you know, this sort of um, goal of achieving, you know, this total control of like the, the, the classical ballet dancing body. Right. Um, yeah. And as I have been peeling back layers um, of understanding myself and understanding the world, um, and I've gone through significant shifts in my, um, well, in my beliefs, in my, under, uh, in, in my perception of the world, in my perception of myself, in my perception of, of, of dance, I have like seen a, a huge shift in both of these areas of my life. Um, where I have moved away from a system of body control, both in like theologically, like having, I no longer like hold this desire to um, be in a space of body control. Um, similarly, I've been like shedding this in my dancing practice, um, this sort of um, affinity towards controlling the body. Mm. Yeah. And I noticed that in your work, you use the language of unruliness, um, which I think is a beautiful image as a way you even say as a way to resist the logic of domination. And I know that some of your work has been to, in a sense, perhaps even bodily deconstruct the Christian hegemony, you know, uh, of, of this, this domination. And so, uh, could you talk about just even from a dancer's perspective, the way that your own thinking in dance has migrated from control to unruliness and what that has given you as you've moved through your journey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, God, my relationship with learn with letting go of control in, <laughs> in my dancing body has been a long, long one. And, uh, God, in some ways, I just love control. So it's, <laughs> um, it's been a wonderful journey. Um, yeah. yeah um, I think, like, for someone as myself who is training to, you know, in, in this professional realm of dance, um, I was always coming up against... Um, these sort of ideals of perfection and my own perfectionism within myself and um, just this drive for, um, I don't know, goodness or um, I, I, I was basically coming up against this, like never being good enough, you know, like no matter what I did, like, I, I mean, I trained really, really, really hard, like every single day of my life mostly growing up. Um, and at the end of the day, I just, it never felt like enough. And I never felt like I was good enough or making it. And it, 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 it sort of very much mirrored some kind of internal soul thing that was going on inside of me. Hmm. And I really just had to get to a point of like letting go of, um, this idea that there was some kind of um, perfection or some kind of that if I worked hard enough that I was going to attain 
because I, I realized at some point that it was just there, 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 it, there doesn't exist this sort of, um, ideal that I was going for. And I had to, I just physically had to let go at a certain point. Hmm. Um, and I saw my dance practice shifting towards, um, Yes, shifting towards a letting go, shifting towards um, desiring wildness, desiring um, authenticity in my dancing body, shifting towards um, wanting like release. I just like I needed it so bad mm. um, because I was I was just so bound up in mm. um, like an arduous repetition of form that um was very controlling and um i just needed release in so many ways of my life i mean truthfully it happened synonymously a lot with like finally allowing myself to um enter into my queerness and um just shedding just all of these layers of um of control. You know, I was very much about controlling myself in, in lots of ways. And, and, um, yeah, the honest truth is that my relationship with my sexuality had a really big, um, like play in, in my relationship with my dancing body and my relationship with, um, theology or God or the church. Um, and, and yeah, so I eventually, like, I started getting into different kinds of dancing practices. Um, I mean, it was long ago. I was in college when I got into modern dance. Um, but it was like, it, it just took me many, many, many years of, um, of trying on new things and, and um, approaching dance through different sort of lenses and playing, exploring with improvisation. And in the last number of years, I've gotten really um, more into uh, what we call somatics, hmm. uh, and that's it's it's more of a like an internal investigation of one's own body, um, and um, that has also been really significant to my work in the last last number of years. Yeah, I mean, I think it, what you're naming is a really beautiful and welcome perspective, especially for these conversations that we've been having on the podcast, because. One of the spheres that theopoetics tries to inhabit is religious reflection coming from the body, you know. And so, um, you know, we talked with Tevin um, East, who uh, does the, you know, the rewilding process. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, but this this conversation around dance, and especially, I think, as you've named this progression of your growth into unruliness, as you've you've seen that as a freeing mechanism almost for you to open up your body. Um, I'm curious, you, you mentioned that the body is in flux in some of the things that I read and that you see the body as part of a wider ecology. And so I'd love maybe just for a moment to take a path into a little theory there. What mm -hmm. do you mean by that? Um, the process of the body being in flux and then how do you see your body now as part of a larger whole? Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, well, there's a couple of different traditions that I think really help me to understand the body. Um, 
and there's two things I'll mention right now. Um, and I feel like they're important to, to have this conversation around. Um, first, first is, um, um, well, phenomenology um, is a field that um, once I encountered it, it really helped me to understand or talk about the body and um, its relationship to the uh, the corporeal body or corporeality. Um, and to start there, and then maybe we could uh, talk, talk about the body within queer theology too, because to me, they really can go together well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so phenomenology in my understanding is the, is like the lived body experience of the world. And, um, within, um, well, looking at the lived body experience has allowed me to, um, have space to talk about my, my own lived body experience and the way that my body has been oriented and my perception of the world. Um, and that orientation, um, well, the way that, the way that the body is oriented, um, in relationship to, um, you know, the corporeal body or, um, like the body, the body as ecology, the, the body as like material flesh, spiritual animal, mineral. Um, mm. like I think I would think of it as a body with a big B like, um, yeah. Like in a sense we are, we are a body. I mean, I can, I can in some way think about, um, both, um, like, like the, the human body, like the body of us as like a mass. And, mm -hmm. and I think about the corporeal body as like a reflection of what like the human community is like, um, like what we're moving through. Um, yeah. it's all, it, it's all a little bit philosophical and abstract and sure. I don't know. But, I mean, yeah. That's, that's all welcome. I, I, you know, I do process philosophy. And so, you know, the body, especially from a process po point of view is always in a wider field of, of ecology, you know, so it's yeah. not, our bodies are more porous than we probably want to, uh, or we experience even sometimes in our subjective experience. So, Absolutely. I mean, so this connectivity, I think, and what I'm hearing, I hear when I heard flux, you know, I hear journey, I hear process, I hear movement. But yeah. I also hear a wider setting that there's a connectivity through uh, that's mediated through our corporeal bodies to a wider, you know, connection with the world around us. And so that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and also throughout history. Right. And I mean, this is the thing that I get really excited about is like this idea that like within my body and, you know, and my blood, you know, is like lives this history of, um, well, of my ancestors and like what was going on in their bodies while they were living. And, and, and it has like, yeah, I'm endlessly fascinated with like what lives in my body and yeah. what, 
comes from and like deconstructing it um, so that I can understand myself and the world around me. Um, and that's, yeah, that's absolutely where I get very interested in queer theology and specifically in incarnational theology because, mm. um, yeah, this, I mean, it, to me, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go in, into Eucharist for a second because to me, the Eucharist is the center of Christian life. Um, growing up as a Lutheran, Lutheranism certainly, um, makes, um, Eucharist like the central um, tenant, I would say of the faith. And, um, yeah, I just am haunted by, um, the, the words of like, this is my body. This is my blood, you know, both because, um, because I feel outraged at the fact that within my body is this lineage of, um, bodily oppression um, and you yeah. know white supremacy and yeah yeah I, I mean that's something I've grappled with my whole life to tell you the truth like yeah just like the more that I grew up and the more that I learned about history and and um, became aware of like the oppression um, that exists within our history and the abuse of power and specifically the way Christianity has powered over bodies. Yes. Um, and powered yes. over my own body, you know, right. like right. I, it, um, you know, it gives me, it gives me a lot of anger and, um, and it's something that I've just had to grapple with. And so, um, yeah, I think I, I do, I think a lot about, I think a lot about, um, well, the, the Eucharist and the way that um, there's this presence of Christ's body that is given and broken mm -hmm. and, um, and, and the mystery that happens inside of that and that, you know, we're given to ingest, that we put into our mm -hmm. bodies. Mm -hmm. And through that act of ingesting this mystical body, um, we are bound to a larger body, like yeah. the, the body of Christ. Um, but it also binds us to this particular history and lineage. And there's a lot of responsibility and accountability, I think, that comes along with it. And um, I'm very interested in that. Yeah, I mean, I remember you quoted Mendez Montoya in saying that sharing the body of Christ dissolves all boundaries and enacts a body politics of inclusion, of mutual co-abiding. And so I'm curious for you how you would name the, this idea, because you, you connect Eucharist with um, queering the body of Christ. And so for you, what do you mean when you, when you talk about queering theology or queering phenomenology through this Eucharistic lens? I'd yeah. love for you to talk about that, yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, the queerness of the body of Christ is um, really, I'm really excited about the idea of it. And, you know, I, have, I, do, I read about it. I don't, I'm not an expert. I'm not a theologian. But um, what, what lights me up about it and what, where I connect with queerness and um, Eucharist is... Um, well, the multiplicity of the body of Christ, for one thing, like um, Christ, like simultaneously 
um, you know, is, is God, is person, is spirit, and uh, is, you know, in, in a way you could, you can think about Christ as a shapeshifter, um, but, it's, but it's also happening simultaneously. So in a way, like the, the body of Christ embodies queerness um, in that sense, in the sense that, um, that they are, um, you know, multiple beings all at once. And so there's this um, slipperiness, I think, to the, um, the form of Christ or the shape of Christ and, and the body of Christ. And then, and then it's also material in the bread, right? So there's a shape-shifting nature to Christ that I feel you know, is queerness. Um, but, but more than that, I mean, there's, there's, I think there's, there's multiple ways that you can consider, um, the body of Christ to be queer. I mean, on a more like, I don't know, traditional theological level, you know, Christ was one who, um, hung out with those in the margins, you know, Christ is, you know, was an advocate for the marginalized body and for the oppressed, for the strange, welcoming the other. Like, to me, that that has always been the central tenet of Christ and the thing that I've always loved about Christ. Um, and I think the, the marginality of Christ um, in, in, I like to, I really do like to thank Christ. So I'm just gonna... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, you know, the body politics of Christ was really radical and oriented towards otherness. So in that way, I think it's very easy to consider, um, Christ queer. Yeah. Love that. Um, well, you know, speaking of this is my body, this is my blood. I got a chance to watch your dance by that title. Um, and before I maybe jump into asking you a question or two about, uh, the dance in particular, I'm curious what went into the choreography of that dance. Like, what were you bringing into that, that, that helped you create what you created? I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, let's see. I was doing a lot of research on, um, well, Christian hegemony and the hegemony that lives in my own body while I was making that work. Um, um, and when I say hegemony, I think I'm referring to patterns of domination. And yep. so I was looking at the patterns of domination in my dancing body, of which there are many, you know, like, <laughs> um, we, in some ways we are what we repeat. And, um, you know, because I, I have lo- I have so many years of repeating specific patterns in my body that um, that to break through to like break those patterns, I've had I, I'm, that's just an ongoing process, and I have a few different tools that I'm currently engaging with um, to in, um, be able to break these patterns. But I was looking, I was doing a lot of research in Christian hegemony. I was, I was researching a lot about, I'm half German and I'm half Norwegian, but, um, 
I am, and I have, I have sort of an endless fascination with, um, Holocaust and, you know, mm. being a, being a German per person, um, it was one of the things that I felt a great amount of shame and struggle around growing up. Yeah. And, um, it's, and not just German, but also Lutheran. I mean, uh, I, in my, in my research, Martin Luther w was a well, a real son of a bitch, really. But um, I don't necessarily. <laughs> but did a, a great deal of writing on anti-Semitism and um, contributed like a a lot to fueling the anti-Semitic fervor in um, in Nazi Germany. Um, and so, because of these things and. Um, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of research on, you know, th these histories and, um, you know, and the histories that live inside of my body. And, 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 and then I was also trying to um, just break up the patterns, break up, break up the patterns of domination in my dancing body too. So I was trying new things. Um, with in the in the choreography and the construction of the work and i was just trying to find ways to bring together on the stage like these there's a lot of different layers to it so i ended up like i was working with film for the first time um and and like and building my own sound scores i, I was experimenting a lot and truthfully i've you know i've probably evolved away from that work in or my work has been changing a lot in the last number of years because I was experimenting. So I was totally just experimenting with new ideas and um, creating um, interdisciplinary work as a one way of like bringing different layers to the work that I was making. Um, so those are the things that I was. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that struck me about it as I was watching it was this connection that you made of blood with violence. I mm -hmm. think so often in the Christian tradition, that symbol gets softened or just pacified into some, you know, nice, comfy, we're going to go have communion kind of moment. And we, I think, sometimes lose the gravity of the, the violence that caused the bleeding, you know. And so um, I, I just loved how in, as you were dancing in that, in that film, the, the images in the background were were oppressive and, and violent. And yeah, it just sort of invited me to consider this is my blood in a, in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. And then I, you know, as somebody who's a minister myself and I, and we, we give communion each week, you know, I think about this idea that the blood is a symbol of forgiveness too. So somebody who holds out for forgiveness in the midst of their oppression. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I just wanted to name that. I thought that was really um, a beautiful uh, juxtaposition that, that you had going on there. So thanks for, for yeah. sharing that. Um, uh, and so, again, I, I think that what I'm, what I'm hearing in your sharing here is, is that there's this connection to history, to especially your embodied history, ancestral history, Mm -hmm. um, to you, even in your own becoming sort of working things out, um, by, by, you know, um, I don't know how to, how to explain this, this idea of receiving the past and really being present to what is there 
in mm-hmm. terms of the hegemony or the oppression or whatever might be there and working to um, almost like transform or transfigure that into a form of art that, that frees you um, to, to become something new. Yeah. And so um, I'm curious, uh, you, you mentioned that you've already moved on from, from your choreography of this is my body, this is my blood into a new place. And so where do you see your work heading as you continue down that path of working this out in your body and continuing to journey forward in your own becoming? Yeah. Well, I mean, in some ways I will never know because I think part of like the work is to embrace the unknowing, right? Yeah. And, and that was the journey I was on then. And it's a journey that I continue to be on. Um, and, um, yeah, I've gotten more and more interested in understanding the body from a place of interiority and, um, and of and doing deep listening to the body and and allowing the body space to find its voice um but maybe that voice needs to take time to emerge or come out of stillness um i think that i just i continue to go on a path um of trying to do this deep, deep listening work and, and really acquainting myself with the body. I'm currently like, I do a lot of studying of the systems of the body Hmm. Um, within the field of somatics. I'm currently really um, influenced by the work of Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen and body mind centering. And that has its own approach to listening to the body and doing personal exploration work within the body. Hmm. <laughs> so I do a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of that kind of lis- listening and body practicing right now. Um, and I'm also moving towards um, materiality in my work in the sense that um, I am interested in playing with different kinds of mediums and, um, incorporating, um, well, materials as like embodied voice of their own. Like, so so since this work I've been, I've gotten really into, um, I do a lot of working with wool and with felting and, creating set pieces and props that are um, done out of like from my own hands. Um, And that I can, I can connect to my um, ancestral lineage um, by doing this sort of like handwork that my ancestors did. My ancestors were um, shepherds in Norway um, and farmers in Minnesota. um, And, so um, I guess one of it is one of the, the ways that I'm working right now is um, on um, I'm just interested in the ways different materials and matter interacts with um, the body and space and um, and the different sort of energies that they bring into a performance. So at the moment I'm doing a work 
where I'm, um, I'm exploring um, plaster casting my own body. <laughs> and um, the, the work that I'm exploring right now is the study on the phenomenology of time in the dancing body. And so, um, yeah, I'm just allowing myself to be, to play and to try all kinds of new things and um, try on new mediums as an artist. Um, I, can, I do continue to work with film. Um, because I, um, I just, I really like the sort of sense of aliveness that film and dance can bring and, and what you can capture on film and the color and the light and the shadows that are available. Um, you know, in some ways I could find a dance theater space or a dance studio space to be very sterile. And what I'm interested in as an artist, like in, in large part is like, is aliveness. And, um, so I just continue to experiment with, um, different materials and disciplines that will allow me to, um, give the audience, um, a lived body experience of, you know, of aliveness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hear in your sharing there, this, um, multifaceted approach it's a it's a sort of a holistic approach every from everything from the phenomenology of time and the materiality of these different um, mediums that you're using with your hands um, mm-hmm. there's it, it sounds like you have a deep commitment to uh, the whole of life in that and that what I'm sensing is you know this that you're a student of you know, of corporeality, you know, and, and trying to engage it through, through the task of art. So I'm, I'm curious for you, um, as an artist, you know, this process that you're in, like what, what is compelling you, uh, to engage in and move throughout the world in this way? And what is, what is it about your body and your place, you know, in this time, in this space and your creativity that, that continues to sort of compel you to want to investigate all of these different regions and to, to, to make in all of these different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've just had this, I'm just coming, coming out right now of how, of like this really giant transition in my life. And, um, I am an extrovert and I externally process things a lot. It's just sort of my nature. Yeah. Um, and I've been a performer my whole life. I definitely, if you look at photos of me from a child, I'm always posing or, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think I'm a natural performer. Um, and so sharing my internal reality is something that comes natural for me to do. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been recently coming through just like the most giantest of life transitions for me um, as I um, came out um, as queer when I was, it was around the age of 30, 32. It's sort of a slow process because mm. I was married um, and I have, a, you know, a couple of children and it was like, the scariest thing I ever did. Hmm. Um, and to me, this is all connected to 
Yeah. It's connected because it's connected to the body. I feel that all of these things to me are connected to the body. And, um, you know, I went through my first um, few decades, well, a couple of decades um, of life, like trying so hard to be good. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Just like striving to be good and to do it right because I, you know, I was the way that um, life was presented to me um, was a very like binary black and white kind of, this is what the Bible says. This is who we are as Christian believers. And therefore, you know, it is your duty to obey. And there was very little, um, space for difference and for questioning. And, um, you know, and, and that was, that's part of the, the, the hegemony that I was working through, um, to be able to get to a point where I was, um, you know, able to allow myself the space to be authentically who I am and, um, and to be free. And, um, so, so the, the embracing of queerness for me was very significant and it happened in tangent with um, shedding a lot of my like dogmatic um, Christian beliefs um, about rightness and wrongness and, um, you know, one way, one truth, one path and, right. and being able to um, find the courage to, um, you know, make space for difference and otherness and for myself. And, um, yeah, it was like a huge effort for me. And the reward was also like extremely great because, Mm. um, I have been able to experience, um, like life with so much more like greater joy and ease and Mm. pleasure and like, color and vividness (laughs) like somehow through this you know just letting go of you know that which which i was like holding on so tightly to um yeah it was just like it was like it's like entering a new world and and all of a sudden like you know i can hear the birds singing and like the colors are like brighter and yeah um, the amount of like love that i can I'm able to feel hmm. um, is like, it's just so much greater and with so much, so much more ease that um, I just continue t- to want to like share that. And, um, and, and I do actually particularly do want to be in conversation with um, the Christian church. Um, although I, I will, I will admit that I'm not, I'm in a place where I'm not actually involved with the church in any sort of tangible way. And, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just sitting with that for right now. But, um, I do, I do actually feel that sometime down the line, I do want to engage and share my story and share my art making more specifically with, um, the Christian church, because in terms of like a body, like I feel feel very much like I am a part of the body of Christ hmm. because I can't, I can't separate myself from it. And it, 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 it's a very much who I am and 
how I'm shaped is in response to that community and to that body. And, um, you know, mm. I do have a growing desire to share my work um, with um, the tradition from which I'm, I'm from because it feels like that's the most important um, place to be in conversation for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that part of your journey with us um, on the podcast too. Um, I, I feel like I got a peek into how that felt for you in that process in you sharing this wild love uh, with me, um, which is the dance that you choreographed um, that somehow symbolizes your coming out. Is that, is that how you said it? Um, and w a couple of the words that I associated with, uh, the movement of that was, uh, it was very playful, um, is very inquisitive. Um, there's a sort of curiosity that is, you know, in between the, the relationship that's, that's developing in that. And, um, I think, you know, that that posture in the world is something that is really, um, what I'm, what I'm hearing at the, is at the heart of your perspective. And uh, I just so appreciate you bringing that um, to this conversation through your art, because I think many of us who have been under the hegemony of a religious movement like Christianity or have been um, oppressed in our bodies, which in the West, it, it's, it, it's pretty <laughs> rampant, you know? Um, and so uh, we need that voice of play and, curiosity and exploration um, in order for us to really move through our lives with grace, I think, and to welcome our own becoming in whatever mode with an, like you said, with an open future, not knowing where that's necessarily heading. And so uh, I, I just, I really appreciated the way that you are expressing this through the medium of dance. Um, and and so could you like for, for people who might be listening to this conversation and wondering about um, queering their own bodies or, or um, wondering what it looks like, feels like to begin the process of, of freeing themselves from some of this hegemony, like what would you say? Like what advice would you give people? Um, as they begin to, to journey into that, which as, as you, as you well know, can be quite a descent. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, is approaching the, the body, um, like as in, like with curiosity and with playfulness and, um, with inquiry um, and being comfortable with, um, with not knowing, um, and, um, and also finding our own sense of agency in our body. Um, I think in the Western world, you know, we have a lot of, you know, specialized fields that have like authority to tell us about our own bodies, but, um, you know, I, I actually think that to approach um, our, own, our own bodies um, and learn, you know, from our internal experience of our body and to trust that internal experience, um, not to say that, not to listen to any 
specialist, but what I am trying to say is that like we, you know, we all have these unique individual bodies and they are made up from like our own histories and stories and, um, and patterns of movement. Um, and to, um, to approach the body with wonder, you know, and, 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 and a sense of, of not knowing to me is, um, is a great gift. And, um, to follow pleasure. That's one of my favorite, um, lines of inquiry is following pleasure in the body. And, um, there are so many different ways we can do that. I, I follow pleasure in my dancing practice. Um, mm. and, um, it's, it, it's a delightful way of like exploring the body. Um, and as for people who, um, you know, come from a place where pleasure is, um, in some way considered bad, um, following pleasure in the body, um, can be an act of unruliness. It's, I, I realize I haven't even spoken about unruliness, but, but it's one of the ways that I, um, think about, um, the unruly body is, is, um, a following of pleasure. And whether that means in movement practices, like there's several different, um, dancing, um, traditions that, specifically are about following pleasure. Um, and I'm just going to name a couple because um, in case there's interest, but um, Gaga is one um, uh, tradition that it, it comes out of Israel, but um, it's a, an improvisation based and sensory based um, movement classes that you can go to. And it's really very personal and like um, your experience is going to be very personal um, in, in terms of like you're following guided imagery into um, following the pleasure of your body. But there's lots of, I mean, improvisation in itself, there's a lot of different um, practices within, within it. Um, um, but dancing can be a very pleasurable experience. Um, and I highly recommend, you know, finding any kind of dancing practice that lights you up, whether it's social dancing or um, dance classes or just going out to clubs. You know, it's like dancing has this role or can have a role in society of, of, of building communal space and one that is oriented around the body and, you know, and ideally also one that is rather pleasurable. Um, so, so following pleasure in the body to me is, is one of the things that I'm currently really invested in, in terms of um, moving away from patterns of domination. Um, yeah. And listening to the body, you know, um, there's so many also ways of listening to the body and there's no one right way. Um, but just, giving ourselves the agency to um, listen to our own bodies and the voices of our bodies and what it wants to say to us, I think is an important part of tending to the body. Yeah. And I think in our society, especially the, that we are encouraged to distract ourselves from having to listen to our bodies, you know, 
um, we're encouraged to numb ourselves from having to listen to our bodies through substances and entertainment and consumerism and, and that, you know, and we're, it's, it's hard for us, I think, to, um, especially societally sort of turn to, uh, the individual body as a locus of, of transformation. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I, I'm, I'm grateful for the invitation that you, uh, that you just gave there. Um, I think, I think pleasure and, and this idea of, again, unruliness, uh, is a way for us to kind of wiggle our way out of, uh, the, the, the rote ways that our society uh, continues to, to oppress us. So, so yeah. thanks for that. Um, so we're going to finish up here in a, in a minute, but, um, how can we keep up with your work in the world? What, where can our listeners find what you're up to? How, how can you point them in the right direction? Sure. Um, my, my dance projects that I'm working on is called unruly body Tons theater. And I have a website and all of the Instagram and Facebook. It's just at unruly body Tons theater. Yeah. Awesome. And how do you spell Tons just so people listening can T A N Z. T -A -N -Z. And then, yeah. Um, this coming summer I'm directing and choreographing an opera um, for the West Edge Opera Company in the Bay Area, and it's going to be a queer production of Orfeo and Ayurdice, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's going to be taking place in the Bridgeyard, which is an, an old train station right off of the West Grand Avenue, right before the Bay Bridge. Uh, this theater company goes in and they um, transform like industrial spaces into theaters, and then they do festivals. I'm calling this uh, like a queer underworld um, journey of following Orfeo through the underworld. Um, and um, yeah, it's a large production. It's the biggest thing I've ever done. And that's, it's, there's going to be three weekends this summer in August where we're going to be performing. So I'm really excited about that work. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to come and have a conversation. I think, it's been really fruitful. And, and again, I'm just thankful for uh, your courage and your vulnerability and your freedom um, and your unruliness that you are inviting us all into. So I really appreciate you coming to, to talk Theopoetics with me. Wow, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. We'll have to do it again. Okay. All right, thanks, KJ. Yeah, bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Theopoetics Podcast. If you like what you heard here, you can log on to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or any other podcast platform and subscribe and leave us a rating. You can also follow along with KJ's work over at unrulybodytonstheater.com. You can also keep up with us on social media at at theopoeticscast or tweet at me at at tdburnett. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors ARC at artsreligionculture.org. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Burnett. Love wisdom, create beauty, and make peace, everyone.